Great morning, everyone, and welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you today, our first show of 2022. Blessed and happy new year, everyone. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, even though it's a new year, 2022, one of the goals of Thank God for Monday is the same, to introduce role models, role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very special time as this Monday, January the 3rd, is National Thank God It's Monday Day. And as <laughs> such, we are honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. His name is Bob Nelson, PhD. Dr. Bob is the president of Nelson Motivation, Inc. He's considered the leading authority on employee recognition and engagement worldwide. He has worked with 80% of the Fortune 500 companies. So if my math is correct, and I'm not real good at math, that's about 400 of the 500 Fortune 500 companies. And he is co-author of a tremendous book called Work made fun gets done easy ways to boost energy morale and results great morning happy new year and welcome to thank god for monday dr bob thanks gregory pleasure to be with you oh the pleasure is all ours kicking off the new year that's the way to do it no doubt about it we couldn't have a more special guest to do it today that's for sure dr bob please tell us from what city you are speaking today, please. Sunny San Diego. Oh. Kind of the other end of the country from you. <laughs> we call it the best coast. And I can tell you, you've just made this host and the listeners are very, very jealous. Hope exactly. to bring a little warmth to our, our show today. <laughs> oh, thanks ever so much. And again, thanks for being with us this morning. Now, before we dive into the deep end of the pool, because we've only got about 30 minutes, our listeners would love to get to know you just a bit better. Can you kindly share with us, please, the backstory about what brought you to your specific career path? Well, that's a big question for a short interview, but um, I think I've, I've always, um, I found out early I could write and um, I've always enjoyed being a promoter, and I've been blessed with having worked with some some great uh, great people. I I spent ten years working with Dr. Ken Blanchard. He wrote the One Minute Manager. Yes, wow. And I got got my PhD with Dr. Peter Drucker, father oh, of modern good. management. Oh, and I I, per, I I currently personally coach Dr. Goal Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who's who's uh, considered the number one executive 
leadership coach in the world. So I've uh, I've been blessed with having something good from them have rubbed up on me, and I've uh, hopefully continuing some of the things that is important to them. Wow! I went to the Seton Hall School of Business. I graduated in 1985, and Peter Drucker was someone we read quite a bit about and on. So how fortunate you were. Uh, the late, great Peter Drucker. That's incredible. Now, you, Dr. Bob, I'm sure others have told you this. You're an incredibly interesting person. Maybe you can share, is there one most interesting story that's happened to you since you started your career? I've had a lot of fun along the way. I, I could tell you one fun story. You know, everyone, I think everyone's got a book they'd like to write in their, in their life. You know, plant a tree, have a kid, write a book. <laughs> meaning, meaning of life, uh, some say, and and I, I when I had a, I had an idea for a book f- from a, um, a, a graduate class, graduate school class, and we we're talking about control systems, and the professor made a offhand comment. Says uh, flexible control systems, although you know we've got a lot of evidence this is really effective, there hasn't been much application in in the business world, and I said. I'm going to do something about that. And I drove home an hour and a half later and I typed out a letter to a New York City uh, CEO of a publisher and sent it off and spent the next two weeks trying to get him on the phone. Finally, I could hear his assistant say, would you talk to this guy? He keeps calling. <laughs> next, next voice is the CEO. And it says, what do you want? <laughs> I said, "Why well, I wrote you this letter and I, about a book." I, and he cut me off. He goes, "You wrote the letter. We're not going to respond to that. If you've got a, if you've got a book you you want to do, you got to do a proposal. And in that, you got to say of of the seventy thousand books that are published this year, how your book has got to be one of them, and how we're the only publisher who could possibly get it right." And as he's hanging up, he said, "By the way, we get ten thousand proposals a year." We published 22 books and they click. Oh you know? my gosh. I guess I could have said, well, at least I tried, but I said, game on, time for a proposal. You know? <laughs> and I, oh, wow. I got, got one together. And next time I talked to him, I was sitting across from him. I, I paid my own, the way, my own way to New York City and had sent a proposal. And, and um, I, I remember I got, I got an agent along the way and she encouraged me to lay out some pages and, and okay, and then some more. And, Finally, okay, and, and so I'm here. I'm sitting in front of the guy, and darn, he opens it to these pages that my agent said it'd be really help people understand what you're trying to do. But and he goes, "This could work. This could work." So he, he knows it's a good, it's a good uh, book idea. He doesn't know anything about me though. So tell me about yourself. And I droned on about how I was an administrator at a at a company, and I said, "It's not what I really want to do though." I goes, "Really? What do you really want to do?" And I said. Be a best-selling author. I can see a little twinkle in his eye. <laughs> oh, wow! That person was Peter uh, Peter Workman, CEO of Workman Publishing. It was the first business book they'd ever done. Uh, they put their heads down. I put my head down, and bam! It's now the sixty-fourth printing. Has sold over two million copies, and oh. that book's down. Thousand One Ways to Reward Employees. Oh, so, congratulations! So a, a noodle and a note of a of a class at a college. Became a, a a major best-selling business book, and I spent the next twelve years crisscrossing the country, and I've spoken now on, on six continents on the topic. And in fact, I just I just uh, on Thanksgiving I had a uh, I did an opening 
live keynote uh, for a um, largest HR conference in India, over a thousand people. And, oh, and before, before that, I did some, I did two actually for uh, in China. So, you know, I've I, um, been, been blessed. I've, I've worked hard at it, but I've been uh, lucky as well. And, um, you know, Mark Twain used to say, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I think there's a lot to that. No doubt about it. And uh, indeed, all your hard work has paid off. And uh, we're so blessed to have you today. Now, many businesses, as you know, Dr. Bob, a lot better than I, are really desperate to get back to business, if you will. But you say the best way to do so is to have more fun. That to yes. me is very surprising advice. Tell us more, please. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are like, well, if, as soon as we can get past this pandemic, we'll go back to how it was. Let me tell you, it's never going back to how it was. You can't, you can't step in a river twice in the same spot. You can't go home again. And the work as we know it is over. It's over. And so the, the you see where the New York City banks are, everyone's got to be back in the office. And the, the CEO of JP Morgan said, if you can have dinner in, in uh, at a restaurant in New York City, you can come to the office too. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, uh, 3.7 million people moved out of New York City over the pandemic. 3.7 wow. million. So I'm, I'm not so sure you're going to be able to force people. I guess if you pay them enough, you'll you can make them do anything. But I think for most people, they're they're looking for uh, something uh, maybe a little better than than to <laughs> have a two-hour commute in a in a little office with um, potentially other people that are infected with COVID. So. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's passed and, and increasingly um, people are, we're in the midst of the great resignation, which uh, is a combination of factors uh, for the, at the younger, at the younger level, uh, the, the uh, people are quitting in droves uh, for better working conditions and more pay because they, they're on the front line of being exposed to the virus. And, and then if that wasn't bad enough, if you're in a, a hospitality or a restaurant worker, yeah, all of a sudden you're on the enemy line of asking people to nicely wear a mask and having them take your head off and they don't pay me enough for this. And so I think that we, we have seen, we'll continue to see people leaving at that specter uh, to find a, a better paying job and, and maybe one where they, they uh, can be a little bit more appreciated and have maybe a little bit more fun. So this is where I'm saying fun is part of the, the magic to get the, you're trying to create something in your workplace. If you have people have fun in the work they're doing, not only will they do a good job, but they're going to enjoy doing it with, with, the, with whoever for the, the customer you got. And, exactly. Um, and uh, I don't know. And then, then second, let me just real quickly, because the uh, great resignation fun. research shows that the, the, those in the, in the, in the middle of the organization that have, have had the luxury of being able to work from home, uh, some 71% of employees were able to shift to work from home. They don't want to go back to the office and they're, they're, they're kind of burnt out on Zoom though. So they need some fun. You know? <laughs> and then the, the third category of, that uh, led to the massive shortage uh, in, in the workplace today is the exodus of people in, uh, in or near retirement. They're 65 and over and they didn't want to have a health risk come to work. And, by the way, their assets are up, and the, and uh, you know, so they they're leaving to retire. <laughs> so that's that's what we're up against. But even before the pandemic, we had a shortage of skilled labor in our country because of demographics and just just the whole 
uh, pulse of the employees that we need has changed. So uh, we don't just need bodies, we need people that have the skills to, for, for things like healthcare and, and clean energy and, and uh, uh, the, the big uh, c- computers, of course, uh, massively expanding, uh, you know, 200, 200 types of computer jobs are, and, and it's, if you have uh, some of those skills, you can get a job and, and uh, that probably pays pretty well too. So we're, oh, we're wow. in, the, in the midst of a, a massive uh, labor, labor, uh, labor force change, not just quitting, but rolling over to other jobs, uh, aspiring to um, uh, things that, that people really want to do with their lives. I had a lot of time to reflect over the pa- pandemic is, is this what I really want to be doing? You know, <laughs> for another 10, 20, 30 years. And I went, no, it's not. Maybe I should get some thought about um, what brings me joy and what, <laughs> what um, I love doing. What am I doing? And, and the work just flies by. And I can't believe how that's you're in the flow. You know, you're in, you know, pay attention to that. That's whatever you're doing is that that's the type of thing that uh, if you can make a career out of that, uh, get a livelihood doing that. And chances are, if it's something you love, you're, if you're not good at it already, you'll, you'll become good or even great at it. And, and then, uh, you know, typically the money follows, not, not always, but typically. And, um, if it, if it doesn't, then, then look for some balance, something to do that you really love and something to do that pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, this is all quite interesting and everything you said resonated with me. Now, entering a new year, if I perceive correctly, you're saying that the skills that the 2022 workplace is going to demand may be different than pre-pandemic. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that, please, Dr. Bob? Well, again, the trend extends beyond the pandemic and COVID. That before that, the shift was already already taking place. We were, our, our country has has educated people for the the industrial revolution that that's pretty much ended a long time ago. Now we're in a very different place in the the, the virtual experience. And and uh, gosh, I tell you, um, I have uh, everyone in my family works virtually. My my son works for a company that is 100% virtual. There's no office to go into. <laughs> and, oh my they, gosh. and they don't miss a beat. They have, uh, they still have, they'll have meetings like this and get this, they have everyone that's presenting, records their presentation in advance on their cell phone and they're all posted for people to watch when it's convenient for them. It doesn't matter what time it is. And, and, uh, and then they start the meeting and <laughs> think about this next time you're in a meeting. And they start with a couple minute you know, summary and then they open up for questions. The whole meeting ends up being, you know, 15, 20 minutes instead of two oh or three hours. <laughs> it seems like companies, and this has been such a hellacious pandemic, as we all know, but there are some silver linings. One, as you said, people took the time to sit in contemplation or discernment, if you will, as to what brings me joy, as you say, to rethink their careers. Or, or what drains it from me, you know, and I think we'll, we will never, never get people uh, going back to a two hour commute. I know, I know, I know people that have an hour and a half commute two ways a day. That's oh. a big, a big chunk of time. And, uh, and now it just sort of, uh, uh, my, my wife was one now, and then she started in the company and she changed jobs. She has a virtual job, but, but they uh, said, well, you know, we should have you come in and, uh, and it's all right from the get go. She's saying, well, if they make me force me to come in. I'll just quit, you know, because <laughs> she can get an easy job somewhere else. But, but I said, yeah, I'll go in. I'll go in. And then it's like, 
well, you know, she comes in and she's only done it a couple of times. I go in and everyone I've already gotten to know on Zoom, now that we're all around the table, there's nothing different, you know? <laughs> so it, it doesn't make sense. Why, why are we here? Because we've got a, um, we've got, we're paying rent on office space or hey, here's an idea, sublet. <laughs> so, so the ways of doing things in the past are, are over. And, and I, I think uh, when I look at the, the rationale where people are defending it, go, going back to the New York City financial companies and the CEO of, of um, Citibank said, well, well, you know, the office is where you, you find you're part of the culture and you get to know. It's like, well, that's a, that's a romantic thought. It's not, doesn't hold up in truth. I did a, a study last July about uh, work pride and pride in one's, in one's job and pride in one's company. And we found that, was, that there was no difference in the pride someone had in their work, whether they're working remotely or working in the office. Wow. No and get this, there's, there's actually a little bit greater company pride, pride in the organization, if someone was working from home. It's almost like my company trusts me enough to allow me to work from home and know that I'm on it. You know, I'm not. <laughs> oh, that so, I never would have, but you're exactly right in that the manager, I guess the uh, employee, if you will, would perceive that the manager really trusts them if they're allowing he or she to work at home and to do the job effectively. Because I never would have thought of that, but that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and sense. and if someone wants to do that, and they their manager says no, you know everyone has to work here because they they personally are stuck up, you know, are hung up on that. I can't see the person. I don't know they're working. Then the conversation is to have. Well, well, what would you, what would uh, convince you to trust me? Do you want to do you want me to log my time? Do you want to have me on on uh, a chat line, open chat line? Do you want to call me every fifteen minutes? What what would convince you that uh, I'm on it? You know, because if we could avoid me wasting two plus hours in the commute, not to mention having to take a shower and get ready, you know, and go in, you go, you go in with your laptop, you work on a project, you packed it all up and you got in, you open up your laptop in the cubicle, you know, it's like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or I, know, I, I know, I know, I've got uh, someone that works at Google and they live in downtown San Francisco, hour and a half to Google headquarters in Mountain Oh View. no. And and Google has a, you know, they have they have Google vans and they pick people up. So that's nice. But they but he said they they said, oh yeah, I come to the office to collaborate with others. He, he said I come to the office, I spend all my time on the phone with colleagues in a different building. You know, <laughs> I could see the building. <laughs> Go, what what's the point? You know? Exactly. So so times times it's not not every job can do that, but but uh, uh, more more than you think, more than you think uh, can. Even in, I've seen it in government. I know I've worked a lot in federal government. Uh, GSA they recently built a new building again right before the pandemic. They built it only to have government uh, services association, a big a big agency in the federal government. They built the building. Uh, they designed it only to hold sixty percent of employees. So on any given day, if oh, wow. you got a you got a plan, you got to reserve a workspace if you're going to come in, you know. And, and so that it's even the government that sees that the, the trend is no longer it's it's happening. It's it's already happened. So yeah. so so it's those companies that embrace it that and and actually there's a lot of advantages because if you do embrace it as a company, all of a sudden you've got a, a larger footprint that you can hire from. It doesn't have to be right in our in our community. It could be. Uh, in a different time zone, or maybe even a diff different country, wow, because that, if if you can make the the virtual work and and uh, so it's a lot of a lot of positive possibilities are occurring yeah. as well. No question about that. 
Now, in this great book that you've co-authored, Work Made Fun Gets Done, you feature literally hundreds of ideas to make work fun for little or even no cost. Do you yes. want to share an example or two? Uh, sure. So we're talking about virtual. So let me give you a virtual example, you know, and, and because you can have a lot of fun virtually. You know, you got, uh, I'm not sure if your listeners can see, but I've got a palm tree blowing behind me here in San Diego. And, uh, but, but something you can do, for example, on a Zoom call, um, and I got this from the uh, city of San Diego, someone I knew that is a manager there, that uh, they do um, praise barrages. And you could do it on Zoom. You know, next time you, you have people together and say, hey, before we dig into our, our agenda, I want to take just a few minutes and go around the group. As I call someone's name, I'd like everyone else to, to speak out and say what they most value about working with that person. Let's start with John. Okay, now Mary. Okay, Sam. And then uh, 10 minutes later, you, what, what happened? Everybody got 100% positive, real-time feedback from those that they work closely with. Wow. You know, it's going to make them feel like a million dollars. And sure. it, it's going to make it's gonna make the team bond tight, more tightly together. Just doing that simple activity, you don't have to do it every day, but maybe next time if you are in person, you could do it with uh, index cards and ask people to write thank you notes. So this is a, mm-hmm. this is a simple strategy. We've got, you know, we've got uh, uh, over 400 in this book that are real practices that companies and individuals, uh, organizations are, are doing uh, to bring this into the workplace. And, and it, it's not just to be nice. Uh, all my books are research-based and what we, why we got excited on this topic is that when we looked at the research of best places to work in, in the United, in America, the 100 countries that are published each year by Fortune magazine, when they surveyed those employees, uh, 82% said that they work in a fun, it's fun, a place to work where they work. Now, the people that, the companies that applied for that honor but didn't receive it, it was only 62% said that they worked in a fun place. So this one variable we're talking about is the biggest differential in defining a great place from an average place in that systematic research. So that's enough for me to run with it to say, well, okay, it's it's time to take this seriously. In fact, the Inc. Magazine gave us a quote for the book and I'm a columnist for them. They said, fun is frivolous, we know unless you want to attract and keep good employees, then all of a sudden it's not frivolous anymore. You better wow. take it seriously. So oh. we're trying to get people to take it seriously and hopefully to, you know, get over the stigma of like, well, you know, we pay people to work and they can have fun on the weekend because those days are gone. You know, <laughs> our, our, our lives, our work and our personal lives have, have morphed, have merged, you know, and I don't know anyone that doesn't do some emails at home on, or on the weekend, or, or uh, uh, this is a weekend for us, and I'm here, we're working, so. Exactly. I'm and, hearing more and more, there's a blurring of the lines, yeah, no question about it. Now, Dr. Bob, I don't want you to go against confidentiality, but might you have the story of an organization who implemented one of your ideas and, and the results that they achieved? Yes, I, I do. I've got thousands of them. And in fact, I, I, I love traveling and real examples from real companies. So you're, you'll find, and that's what maybe sets me apart as an academic, I've got, is that uh, I, none of my, I used to read stuff and say, well, I, a uh, medium-sized uh, manufacturing firm in, in, uh, <laughs> in the South does this. And I go, well, thanks. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't help me as much as tell me exactly the company and what they do, and so I can better picture it. And, and of course, you have to get approval from the company often to do that. 
Uh, and so everything I, I use real examples. So let me give you a real example. I was I speaking to, I was speaking in Seattle to 800 people, and uh, this person in the front row. I said, "Oh, you look really familiar. We met." She goes, "Yeah, I heard you. I heard you speak about six weeks ago. I was, my, I was just in Seattle before." And and she, she said, "I had to come tell you what happened." I said, "Well, what happened?" She goes, "Well, I left I left your presentation with one thing in mind. I said, this is real." I'm doing it. I'm not asking permission. Oh. I'm doing it. So I sparked, I sparked, uh, I sparked her to say uh, that she believed in what I was saying and she loved the ideas I shared. And she, I'm going back and doing it. You know, and if I get in trouble, then I'll, I'll explain it then. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> and she did. I said, like, what would you do? She goes, well, I created a happiness committee in our department. It has five members. No one knows who any of them are, but any one of them can say it's time to do something. And I said, well, what would they do? Well, it was all all over the map. Like we did a, a picnic up on the, the roof uh, in downtown Seattle, or we oh. we swapped, we bartered meeting space. We've got this meeting rooms that we don't use all the time. And there's a company on the next block over. There was a limo company and they didn't have a meeting space. So we give them meeting space once a month for the, all their staff. And they give us free limo rides we could use to, you know, oh, on special day and just on and on and on. And, and, and she said, what happened is, is within uh, within a week, other people started noticing what's going on in your department. You guys are uh, there's a, a buzz, there's an energy. She goes, yeah, come to the next meeting. We're not we're not hiding anything, and it, it just kind of mushroomed. And and the company the company noticed and said, hey, can you help us? Uh, can you help us do this throughout the whole organization? She goes, yeah, it's kind of changed your career path. So fast forward um, eighteen months from that first time she heard me speak. That company, Perkins Coy, a law firm, by the way, <laughs> entered the best places to work in America, number 22 on the list. Oh, my goodness. I, I would contend from one person in the middle of the organization. We always think that change has to start at the top. If the CEO gets enlightened, then we're, we're you know, otherwise we're all screwed. Yeah, but, but this is, she was a, um, a manager in the finance department. And, and she she turned the whole organization on its head over time just by by doing this and inviting other people in and, and that's you know I, I think that's pretty cool and I, I think I, I got a uh, I got a uh, you know I, I hear from from readers all the time I got five million books out there but I, I got a I, I got just the sweetest uh, uh, testimonial uh, recently uh, someone sent me an email and said Dr. Bob when I read your books. It's like you're personally giving me permission to do the right thing. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow, that is so awesome. I want, want that on my tombstone. You know? oh, so, it's just that's a perfect description of who Dr. Bob Nelson is. Now, it's <laughs> ironic, and I don't mean to label people by any means, but I'm a recovering CPA. So for much of my career, <laughs> you took a big, you took a big left turn. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But for much of my career, I was immersed with finance people, and sadly, uh, I don't think finance is always associated with fun. So kudos <laughs> to that woman who said, "You know, yeah. I'm not going to ask permission. If it doesn't work, I'll ask forgiveness." But I'm and and she it. was with a law firm. Talk about even yeah. less fun, you know. Yeah, so and maybe right. maybe that's why it stood out even more, you know, because yeah, everyone yeah. said, "Wow, do we have to be stuffy and and boring?" Or <laughs> does, does this? And actually, as it, it as it energized people, and it led to better service to their clients. And and hey, here's an idea. Let's have fun about uh, coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. I, I I work with a company in, in Connecticut called um, Boardroom Inc. 
they do uh, newsletters and some uh, hardbound books, and they they uh, they started a program called iPower, where you can't get simpler than this. They asked every employee, every employee, to turn in two ideas every week for how we can improve things around here. Really? How we, yeah, how we could save money, how we could streamline the process, how can we better serve our customer, what products should we be carrying, just whatever. And uh, two, and and they didn't they didn't implement all the ideas, but they implemented a lot of them, and and it led that led to a fivefold increase in their revenues in a three year period of time. We've saved Dr. Bob the most important question for last. Where can our loyal listeners follow you and purchase your great book? Work made fun gets done. Well, hopefully any place that sells books, and there's probably fewer of them these days, but you can also get from my my website, uh, which is www.drbobnelson.com, D-R-B-O-B-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. And I've got all, all my books are available at discounted prices, by the way. In fact, uh, uh, we often have fun with that. So, you know, that you buy, you buy, uh, like right now, and they'll probably still be going on when this airs like i've got a 365 ways to manage better calendar so page a day calendar if you you buy that now for your your manager for all your leaders you get uh, copies of the the new book for free so i'm always doing doing stuff like that to get the word out because you know the books don't do me any good sitting in my garage right so (laughs) and i want i want them to be used i want to have in the hands of people that can make in their practice and uh so um, it's also you know available barnesandnoble.com and and uh, their stores and wherever fine books are sold. Uh, terrific, uh, Dr. Bob Nelson. Thank you for that. And uh, listeners, please uh, check out this book. Do yourself a favor. Buy one for yourself. Buy one for a colleague or your leader. <laughs> because uh, let's make 2022 a different year. Uh, Let's really bring fun into the workplace with all the heartache and tragedy and other things of the past couple of years. We really want to make this a fun year. And as Dr. Bob said, not only is it fun, but it boosts morale, energy and results. So even the CFO, the chief financial officer uh, will be happy with this. Just like that woman from finance that she re-engineered and transformed her organization with fun. Uh, you can do it too, no doubt about it. So pick up this great book. After you've done that, don't forget to follow us. We're on the Tweet Tweet, the Facebook, the Instagram, and now LinkedIn and TikTok. Suggestions, right. comments, comments, uh, please, please, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us as well. Dr. Bob Nelson, thank you, thank you, thank you for kicking us off here in 2022. It's been an amazing show. In all our 15 years, we've never talked about fun and we've never had a show like this. Uh, so again, thank you. Overdue, overdue. Yes, absolutely. Continue joy into 2022 as we start the year uh, and well beyond. Sorry. Gregor, thanks, thanks for having me and hope you have a, a great year as well. Uh, thanks so much. Listeners, sadly, once again, we're out of time. Uh, Greg here is saying, my hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Dr. Bob Nelson does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. <laughs>